Well, praise the Lord. I, I mentioned pecan pie. I'm a Georgia boy. And uh, someone brought me a, uh, which, which one of you ladies brought this? Well, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'll eat the whole thing. No, I'll, I'll share it with my guests, I think. Yeah. All right. Okay. There you go. Is this safe? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> this is going to be a short sermon tonight. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, wow. Mm. Have you talked to the Father today? Amen. Uh, I tell you, I, I, I ask that every night, almost every night that I preach. Have you talked to the Father? Uh, you young preachers, have you prayed today? Uh, I'm telling you, if you haven't, if you haven't, shame on you. Amen. And, uh, but it's good to be here, isn't it? Amen. And uh, you be praying because we, we're going to touch on some things tonight that, that the devil just doesn't, uh, doesn't like us to touch on. But that's okay. I'm not here to please him. Amen. Amen. I'm here to please my father. And uh, I would like to call your attention tonight to Psalms 139. And uh, the first time I met uh, Brother Williams and his family, I was preaching in, in the New, or New Orleans area for uh, Shannon Foote, Pastor Shannon Foote. And uh, it was a mission conference mixed in with a prayer revival. And uh, I used this text during, during that uh, meeting. And uh, but Brother Williams, I'm sure it won't be the same. And uh, so I, uh, I added 38 pages to it uh, during that week that I was there. And then after I left there, I added 18 more pages. So there's a lot that you haven't heard, okay? And, um, and I'm always adding to this message and uh, uh, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so let's look at verse one of Psalms 139, and I believe, I believe because of the text and because of that word searched there, that word search means dig into or dug into. Uh, it's a piercing. And so David has been pierced into. He has been dug into. And, and, um, and, and with that in mind, I believe that David was a broken man. And David, I believe with all my heart, I'm going to read it to you like I believe David may have said it. And so let's stand for the reading of Psalms 139. And then after I read it, uh, then we'll shoot over to... Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 of Psalms 139. Can't be dogmatic about this, I don't think, but I believe this is the way he said it. Oh, oh. Thou 
thou hast searched me. Thou hast dug into me. You have pierced me. And uh, and uh, and known me. Father, I too have been there. I too have been broken, crushed. You have pierced, dug into my life, in my heart, my soul, my spirit, so I can relate to David. And Father, undoubtedly, everyone in this room can. One time or the other, you have pierced their hearts too. And Father, you know what you have laid upon my heart. And it's heavy. And I want to please you. I want to be a blessing. I want to be compassionate. And Lord, if I can't, help me to sit down and be quiet. And Father, there may be a lost person here tonight that knows nothing about you, know nothing about your love. And I pray tonight will be that night that they learn to know you. Thank you. I sure love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3 now. Colossians chapter 3. I call this chapter the essentials to a life of prayer. I said Sunday that most Bible colleges doesn't teach anything on prayer. We attended quite a few of Bible colleges in my time. I preach in most of them, and um, as I'm in their area, I'm asked to preach in their chapels. And I'm finding out that they are teaching Greek and Hebrew and theology and English and missions and soul winning and they are teaching the boys how to work up sermons and and even preach them but there's very little on prayer it's very very seldom even mentioned the importance of it and then when I go into churches like I do 48 to 51 churches a year week-long meetings and been doing that for now for 17 years, preaching 51 years. Let me say this to you tonight. You're getting ready to hear something that you may have never heard. Because people don't look at chapter 3 as essentials. They just look at it as some prayer that Paul prayed 
for the Colossians believers and, and he sent it over to him. And he didn't, he, he didn't even know these people. He had never been there. He had never met them. So here he is sending this tremendous prayer over to them. And um, most people just think, ah, it's just in the book of chapter 3 of the book of Colossians. It's good. It's, it's the word of God. And oh, oh, well. But it's essentials. And let's not forget that. These are essential things that if you don't have in your life, and they are not active in your life, then you're not right with the Lord. Amen? Just very simple stuff. And um, I'm not a deep preacher, but I'm a Bible preacher. And uh, let's look at verse 1 now. And we'll go down, we're going to go down to verse 5. And then tomorrow night we'll hit 8, 9, and 10. Thursday night we'll hit 12, 13, and 14. We won't finish the chapter. But in verse 1, the Bible says, If ye... If ye are since ye, then be risen with Christ. May I ask you the question tonight and, and ask you to raise your hand if you are born again by the grace of God. You've been risen with Christ. Okay, most everyone in the room has been risen with Christ. And that is wonderful and I'm glad you're in the family and I'm glad you're my brothers and sisters. But let's see if you are Oh, a obedient child not. And in verse 1, the Bible says, Since you are born again, since you are in the family of God, there are some things that you must do. Not if you feel like it. Not if you have time to do it. And I'm going to remind you again, these are essentials to you having a Christian life. I don't preach to a lot of Christians that will surprise you. I preach to a lot of believers. But, but Christians are those that follows Christ. And you're, you're not a Christian just because you're born again. Uh, they, in the city of Antioch, they were called Christians because they followed Christ. And if you're not following the Word of God tonight in these essential things that I'm getting ready to give you, and I'm going to say it again, you're not right with the Lord. And if you're not right with the Lord, you can't pray. Psalm 66, 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Amen. And iniquity and sin is disobeying the Word of God. If I know to do good and doeth it not, James 4, 17, it is sin. And so in a few moments, I'm going to give you these essentials. And if you're not doing them and you know it's good and the Word of God is good, and so if you are not doing them, I beg of you, please, Come to the altar, bow your head, and ask God to forgive you. Amen? Let's have revival. And let's have a Holy Ghost revival. Let's, 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 let's not just have a meeting, okay? Is everybody going to check up here tonight? I'm not going to just be shooting out a bunch of words and 
If I am this, let me go on out and go back and eat my pecan pie. Amen. I mean, if you're not going to listen, if you're not going to be honest, we might as well, I'll cut little pieces and we'll just all eat a piece of pie. But if you're going to listen, I'll go ahead and preach. Amen. Look in, look in verse 1 now. The Bible says, Since you have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Well, that's, that little word seek is a powerful word. And God says, Brother Benny, I want you to seek me. I want you to seek the things that's in my book. I want them to be important to you. I want them to be active in your life. Amen. And then he carries it a little bit further in Matthew chapter uh, 6 and verse 33. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. And my question is to you tonight and to you young preachers and to you church people, and to you men behind me, my question is, are you seeking God? And is God number one in your life? Is there anything other than more important to you than God? You said, yes, my career, my ministry, uh, and this and that. Well, you're in sin. And if you're in sin, God cannot hear you. And you say, Brother Beckham, I've never heard it put that way. Well, the Bible says, if the Bible says to do something and we don't do it, we are disobeying God. And disobeying God is a sin. Amen. Where in the world have we gotten off by thinking that we can do what we want to do when we want to do it? Uh, it's not for us to, to, to decide that. We are to obey. How many of you moms and dads would want, would want your children to treat you like you treat God? Oh, my soul. If your children looked at you and you tell them, Hey, Tom, take out the garbage. Well, Dad, I really, I'm really not convicted I should do that right now. And I'm a little busy. And, 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 and Dad, I got a little runny nose. And I, I just, why don't you take it out? You would pop them on the head. Amen. In my day, you, you wouldn't just get popped on the head. Huh? Yes, sir. Dad would tear me up. Uh, you didn't talk back to daddies in my day. You didn't talk back to mama. You didn't disrespect parents back then. But we in this day, we, dis we disrespect God. We talk to him like he's some stepfather. We, 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 we just, we just uh, I don't care what you say. I am in your family, but seek you and seek you first? Oh, come on now, father. Uh, come on. You know, you know my career's. Come on now. You're a loving father. You, you, you are God. You, you, you're full of love. You understand when I'm not going to do that, right? No, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. He want, if he tells you and me to do it, he wants us to do it. Amen. And if we do it, we'll be a blessed church. If we don't do it, we're going to be a cursed church. So, so let me ask you. Let me ask you. Are you, are you seeking God? Are you seeking God? Is God number one in your life? And then look in verse 2. The Bible says, um, not since you have been risen with me now, uh, he says, 
do this too. Set your affections or set your mind on things above and not things on the earth. Can I ask you a, a very important question? What are you thinking about right now? What? Where is your mind right now? Is it on? Is it in the classroom? Is it? Is it? Is it uh, on the job? Is it on on rebellious children? Is it on a, a rocky marriage? Where is your mind right now? I'll tell you where your mind should be. Since you have been risen with Christ, it should be on Him. And it should be on the Bible. And it should be doing His will. Amen? We should be focused. But where are you at tonight? I was preaching in a large church in North Carolina some years ago, and there was a couple over to my right. I cannot, I cannot tolerate it. It tears me up to see someone laughing and cutting up during the preaching. It just tears me up. And, and, and the kind of guy I am, this little innocent face, see, I, I just walked down, and, and, and they were right, to, right on the end over there, and I walked all the way over, and I said, Hey, what are you two doing? Let me in on this little, little laughing matter over here. And they just looked at me like, in front of a house pack. Well, I said, can I ask you two a question? Yes, sir. I said, what are you thinking about? You in the house of God? I'm up there trying to preach. And you two is down here laughing and cutting up. And I just sat down right by them. And I said, let me in on this little secret. I would like to laugh too. And, and boy, they just kind of got stiff. You know, and I said, hey, I love you. I want you to get something out of it, but you can't get something if you're not thinking about what I'm preaching. And then the Holy Ghost said to me, Benny, ask everybody in this church, one by one, what they're thinking about. And that was the message that night. I walked around in about an hour, over almost an hour and a half, walking around asking everybody in that church, what are you thinking about tonight? Is your mind on the Word of God? Is your mind on having revival? Is your mind on doing what God wants you to do? And, and before I got back to the last couple, the altars were packed. Uh, just a simple little message. What are you thinking about? Just what are you thinking? It was powerful. And, and that church will never be the same. The preacher said, Brother Beckham, I've never seen a preacher do that before. I said, I've never done it before either. Amen. Just mind God. And, and, and so let me ask you, what are you thinking you know how to keep your mind and keep your mind focused upon God. You know how to do that. Look in Romans chapter 8 and verse 5 and 6. We, we really don't have time to go through the entire chapter. Sometimes I do when I really feel led. But let me read verse 5 and 6 to you tonight. This is wonderful stuff. Amen. Now listen. Romans 8, verse 5 and 6. How can we stay focused? How can we stay focused? Listen to this. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. 
but they that are after the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or the minding of the flesh is death. But to be spiritually minded, the minding of the Spirit is life and peace. And let me tell you tonight, I want nothing to do with death, but I want everything to do with life and peace. Amen. Uh, Because life and peace will bring joy into your heart, into your Christian life. But you have to be focused and to be focused out. And I'm saying it over and over in different ways. I'm drilling it into you. But to be to be focused, you have to be spirit-filled. And to be spirit-filled, you have to be really born again, risen with Christ. Amen. You can't fake it. You can't because you're going to be like a yo-yo. You're going to be up and down, up and down, in and out, in and out, and reading your Bible one day and going out so winning one day and not caring for a week or two or a month or two. And, and, and we don't want that. We've got to stay focused. Why? Because we have been risen with Christ. We are in the family of God. That's the reason why we got to stay focused. We got to crucify that old flesh every day because if we don't kill that flesh, the flesh is going to kill us. Amen. Crucify it. Mortify it. Kill it. Put it to death because if you don't, it's going to do it. Put you to death. Amen. And so why? Why? Because we've been risen with Christ. We are to seek. We are to be focused. And then I want you to notice in verse 3, in verse 4, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, wow, Paul says, with, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with Him in glory. We won't get into that verse But let me tell you about a young preacher that I preach for every year in New Orleans. His name is Pastor Shannon Foote. F-O-O-T-E. Brother Shannon Foote. Uh, One of the finest young preachers in America. Amen. And and I was preaching this uh, some years ago in his church. His dad was still there. And I was preaching this. And... um, Shannon got this burden. He said, Brother Beckham, I'm going to make up a pledge. And I'm going to put some lines on it, and I would like for you to witness it. And on Friday night, he said, Brother Beckham, I'm, I'm going to ask all my church people that loves God and risen with Christ and living for Christ to come and sign that pledge and put it in a frame and put it in their house. I thought, oh my... Boy, I sure hope this young man is being led of God. Amen? And, and so he announced to the church what he was going to do. He showed them the pledge. He showed me the pledge. And on Thursday night, a young couple walked down there and, and said to me, Brother Beckham, we can't sign that pledge tomorrow night. I said, why not? And they said, um, and they kind of looked at the floor and they kind of looked up in the ceiling and they said, uh, we're not married. I said, you got a house full of kids. And they said, we've been shacking up for over 20 years, and we just, 
but we want to sign that pledge we've gotten right with the Lord, and we want to sign that pledge tomorrow night. And, and the only thing we know to do is to get married. And, and, and we want to know if it's okay to have a wedding in the, at the end of this prayer revival. I said, hallelujah, yes, sir. We can have one right now if you want to. A- amen. And so on Friday night, uh, right before signing of the pledge, they, they got married. Amen. That's, that's what revival's all about. That's what it is. It's not about a bunch of excitement and, and, and preaching and entertaining and, and performing. It, it's when the Holy Ghost of God starts moving on hearts and breaking hearts and, and getting hearts right with God. That's what revival is all about. Amen. And so, so they, they signed the pledge. But they didn't do it in the flesh. They did it in the Spirit. And if you can't, you can't do these things in the flesh. You'll fall flat of your face. Yes, sir. And then, so let me ask you this. We got all night, don't we? Amen. Uh, I'll give you a little piece of pie if you just sit there a little while, okay? Now listen, but this is better than that. And I'm sure that is good. But this is better. This, 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 this right here is better. Amen. All right, now listen, listen to me. Listen to me real good. What if Pastor Hooker walked up here right now and, and said, I want my church, I love you church, and I want everybody in here that's a member of Calvary Baptist Church, I just want you to line up and walk across this platform tonight and, and, and publicly tell this church that there's nothing more important than God in your life. That Christ is your life. How many of you could do that? How many of you would want to do that? How many of you would fight to get up here first to do that? Amen. Uh, uh, someone's getting... A, no, 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 I want to be first. I want. Would you be that energetic about it? We should be. We should be. Uh, because this was a wicked old world. And, and God talked to Jesus and said, Look, I'm going to send you down and die for all them people. And he did it gladly. Amen. There wasn't one time that he didn't want to do it. No. He just, he, he just wanted to, to die for us. Amen. And, 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 and then I want you to look in verse 5. Oh, my soul. Um, I was in this school, this Bible college, and the president, vice, pre, vice president said to me, Brother Beckham, you need to pray for our schools. I said, okay. I pray for all the Bible colleges. Little ones, big ones. I pray for them all. If I know about it, I pray for it. Amen. And uh, I said, but you look really bothered. And he said, I am bothered. He said, you know what? The number one sin in Bible colleges are right now that's sending... Uh, making us have to discipline and send kids home. And uh, I said, well, why don't you tell me? You know what the number one sin? I'm going I'm to get on it in a few moments. But I want you to think about that. What is the number one sin that is sending kids home? Preachers, young preachers home. Young, young ladies that are wanting to be preachers' wives and secretaries and missionaries. What is sending them home? I'll tell you in a little while. Unless someone would like to tell me. 
Does anyone know? Tell me. Huh? Immorality. I'll talk about that a little more in a little bit. Amen. Look at verse 5. The Bible says, and, 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 and I'm telling you, this is essentials to a life of prayer. There is no way you can have a relationship with God if you're not seeking focus and He's not number one. There is no way. There is no way. You can mic, just mark her down. There is no way. And then I want you to look in verse 5, mortify. That word mortify, again, means to put to death, means to crucify, it means to kill. Now, what are we to crucify and, and mortify and put to death and kill? What are we to do? What things are we to do that to? Look, in, look at the first one, fornication. 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 What is, what is fornication? Fornication is a terrible sin. But fornication includes all forms of immoral and sexual acts. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18. It's everywhere, church. And a church cannot be a house of prayer as long as this kind of stuff is inside of it. Amen? And, and, and so uh, I, I've, I've been told, Brother Beckham, this kind of stuff is not in our church. Be careful. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. The Bible doesn't say sit there and reason with it. It says flee from it. And the command means man should escape from it. He should not stay to reason with it or to debate the matter. He is to flee, run as fast as you can away from this terrible sin. And this is a sin where a man is safe only if he flees. Are you listening? Ah, oh, my. This is a terrible thing. And then notice, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. It wastes the body's energy. It produces feebleness. It weakens and diseases the body. It impairs the strength. It innervates the man. And it shortens the life of that person. It's a terrible thing. It shouldn't be in our lives. But it is. And then Paul names something else. Uncleanness. This is speaking of moral impurity. Doing things that are dirty. That pollutes and soils the life. Look in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3. Am I still in the book? Listen to it. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3. The Bible says... But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. You are saints, Paul says, and don't you let this stuff be named among you. Get it out. Get rid of it. Amen? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Read. That's what it says. And then inordinate affection, passion, craving. Strong desire, a driving lust, 
and it is, of course, a desire and a craving for the wrong things such as alcohol. Uh, I, I am amazed at the alcohol that is in Baptist churches across this country. I am amazed. You could almost start your own liquor store for the beer and the wine and the, and, 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 the, and the idea of socially drinking that stuff. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible uh, teaches abstinence from totally abstinence from alcohol. Read the book of Proverbs. It brings babblings and redness of eyes and all that stuff. And it's not of God. Amen. I love you, Calvary Baptist Church. But it's not of God. We are to get rid of that stuff. Amen. Well, Brother Beckham, a little glass of wine kind of helps me at night to sleep. Well, if you seek God and you focus upon God and He's number one in your life, He can help you sleep. Amen. You don't need that wine. One... But Brother Beckham, it only has 12% alcohol in it, but it does have 12%. Amen. I love you, church. Good night. Boy, I get, I get nervous when people uh, clams up on that point. All that means is it's here somewhere. Amen. Yeah, we got to, we got to, we got to, you got to go home, pour it out. Someone said, that stuff is so, can I just go ahead and drink that one bottle? That stuff was expensive, Brother Beckham. Well, no. If you do, I'm going to pray it will. Mm, yeah. Amen. <laughs> don't, don't mess with it. Go home, uh, take the top off of it or the, what, the, whatever top you got and pour it down that sink and bust the bottle and, uh, and say, God, I did what you wanted me to do. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. Alcohol, drugs, drugs. The people in Baptist churches that walks in like just drugged out of their brains. Drugged out of their brain. And hello, 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 how are you doing? Uh -huh. Wow. And they're wide-eyed. Sit there and look at you. Spooky. Downright scary. And uh, I don't know what they do in these other denials, but I know what takes place in independent Baptist churches. I've been doing this for 50 years. Ah, oh, scary. If it says take one, take one. Don't take ten. Amen. Ah, oh, oh, scary. Alcohol, drugs, pornography. That is the number one sin in Bible colleges right now that are sending kids home. And, and they don't have to go to a, a, a bookstore anymore. All they have to do is push a button and there it is on the screen. Amen. I, I told, I told a, a Bible school a vice president a couple of years ago, I said, you know what you need to do? 
You know, back in the old western days, when, when the cowboys would come to town, the sheriff would, would meet at the, at the front of the city and take up all the six shooters. When they enroll in Bible college, that first year they have to give up their cell phone until four years. Well, Brother Beckham, we wouldn't have a two in Bible college. Well, you would have two good ones. Amen. Yes, sir. You would have two that's dedicated, want to do right. I would rather have two doing right than 2,000 not. Amen. Oh, boy. Aren't we having fun tonight? Pornography will kill you. They tell, hey, I was sitting in front of a 74-year-old pastor, and he, and he began to cry, and he said, Brother Beckham, you know, don't you? I said, what do I know, preacher? He said, you know. You know I'm addicted, don't you? I said, yes, sir. I knew it a couple years ago when I first came. You got a look about it. Those people that's in that sin, they have a look about them. It's not a good look. Amen. He said, I started when I was a little kid. And he said, I thought I got over it, and then it springs up again. He said, the images are etched into my brain. 74 years old. Oh, my soul. Mm, 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 mm. I could say a lot more on that, but I, I'm telling you, look in Galatians chapter 5. I'm almost done. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, 17, and 24. Brother Beckham, how can I get over this stuff? Well, listen to this. This I say then. Walk in the Spirit. Now, folks, I, I'm not Pentecostal. I'm not charismatic in no way. But I am a preacher that believes in the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, and the filling of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and let me tell you, we are to be guided by Him. We are to be controlled by Him. Amen. He lives inside of us. Amen. And uh, uh, they got going on the Facebook last year that Brother Beckham is kind of leaning towards the charismatics because I preach so much on the Spirit-filled life. And, and I said... <laughs> Good night. I'm just preaching the Bible. The Bible says walk in the Spirit. Uh, and if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And, and, and that's the key to what I'm preaching about. If you just walk in the Spirit, this won't be hard. But if you don't walk in the Spirit and you walk in the flesh, you're going to have you Again, you're going to be a yo-yo. Oh, come on, church, please. Amen. And then it says, for the flesh lusteth against... There's a war that goes on in our bodies. The flesh and the spirit is just fighting. And it says, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You can't do the things that you want to do because you don't kill the flesh. Brother Benny, don't kill the flesh. I got to. That's the first thing I try to do every morning before I even get out of bed. Kill the flesh. 
Amen? And then I want you to notice evil concupiscence. What is that, preacher? It's sexual desires, again. It's lust. It's evil desire. It, it is that within a person that pulls him to that desire. It's, it's a grasp. It's a grab. It takes hold of you. Amen. Ah, my soul. Oh, hand to hand combat. I mean, it grabs you. Hello? I've, um, I know the grab. I know the grass. I taught, uh, I taught martial arts for many, many years. And, uh, I know, I know the, I know how to grab. I know how, and 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 the devil, boy, he knows too. And before you know it, he he has you in a takedown hole, and he takes you down, and here you are in the flesh, and you're hitting the mat. You're in the flesh, you're on your own. Amen? But when the devil grabs me, the Spirit of God takes care of him. Amen? I don't have to fight that rascal. Amen? I already got victory over him. Jesus did that on, the, on, on Calvary. Amen? I got my bodyguard inside of me. Amen? And when that rascal grabs me or he wants to uh, kick and holler and punch and... and Holy Spirit, would you take care of that? Amen? But if you're not walking in the Spirit, you're on your own. I'm saying it over and over. You better be careful. And then look in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Listen to it now. For this is the will of God. Everybody tells me, Brother Beckham, I want to know the will of God. I want to know the will of God. Well, here it is. It says so. This is the will of God. Even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. Don't act like a bunch of people that don't even know God. Amen. Yeah. James 1, 14 and 15 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Uh, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. 1 Peter 2, 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which wars against the soul. Hmm. That's not Brother Beckham telling you that. I get so tired of people saying, well, the preacher said this. The preacher said that. Mm-mm. God says it. Amen. And then look at covetousness. That's craving again. That's grabbing again. That's desiring to have something it's desiring to have something when it's not needed. It is desiring more than what we need and more than what we should have. And God says, don't do it. Because it will come, turn into idolatry. Baptist preachers preaches against the Catholic Church when we teach the book of Revelation. 
Again, I was at Brother Foote's. A lot of, a lot of things that's taken place there at, at that church in my life. But I, we went downtown New Orleans to get some of that famous coffee and uh, some kind of dessert. I can't even pronounce the thing. Some kind of dessert. You, you, you know what it is? Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, it has sugar all over it, and you eat it, and it just gets all over you. <laughs> Amen. And so we was walking by this beautiful cathedral, a big old Catholic church, and I wanted to go in there. And some of my brethren were so spiritual they couldn't go in there. So <laughs> I said, so you spiritual guys, you go, go ahead and drink your coffee and eat your dessert and get fat, I'm going into the Catholic Church. You going in where? I'm going in the Catholic Church. I'll, be, I'll catch up with you. Is this being recorded? <laughs> oh, boy. Some more Facebook stuff. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not a Catholic. I go on record, I'm not a Catholic. I'm an independent Baptist. Believe in the King James Bible. I'm separated. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> now, I, go, I, I went in there, and um, I saw these people come in. They washed their hands in a little vase, a little bowl there, and they walked down the aisle very reverently, doing their religious sign very reverently. No talking, no nothing. Very religious. Walked down, knelt down by a bunch of candles, looked up on the wall. They have their statues. And I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. They didn't walk in and talk about hunting and fishing and, and, and what they did that day. They walked in very reverently and, and did what they were taught to do. Amen? You have, you, you have to respect that. And, 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 and so I watched them. I, I stood there and I watched them. And they would at the altar for, I don't know, three, four, five minutes, maybe longer. Then they got up and walked out the building. Now, as Baptists, we don't have statues on the wall. We don't have candles up here in the front. But we do have a lot of idols. They're not on the wall. They're up here. And our idols that are up here is keeping us from doing what Colossians is exhorting us to do. Amen? These are essentials. If you're going to have a relationship and walk in relationship with God, and if your church is going to grow and prosper and reach this community in, this, in the Memphis area, um, in the state of Tennessee and Mississippi too, let me tell you, these are going to have to take place, not just in this man's heart, not just in the song leader's heart, our brother Allen's heart. It's going to have to, everybody in the church because we are one. We are a body. And when one is out of tune with God, it just messes up the whole body. Amen. And I'll illustrate it with this very elementary 
uh, just for the children here. I try to preach where children can understand me. We're losing our children. We're losing our young people with all this deep preaching. We're trying to make a fifth-grade-level fifth book deep. Come on. Amen. And so, um, so I, I try to make it simple. But uh, maybe tomorrow night I'll share that. What are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with this? Are we going to heed to it tonight? Are we going to say, no, I'm not seeking. No, I'm not focused. No, he's not number one. Are we going to be honest? Are we going to sit here and play church? Amen? Let's not play church. Let's be real for the Lord. I love you. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. I pray tonight that, um, Lord, that the church, Calvary Baptist Church, will just do what you're asking them to do tonight. And Lord, as a part of it this week, on the invitation of Pastor Hooker, Lord, I'm a part of this church this week, and I, I, want to, I want to be obedient too and help me. Thank you in Jesus' name. Let's just, you can just keep your seats. Those of you that are coming, you come and you pray.